A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Hey guys, welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for the first week of the AFL, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong. My name is Eddie. As always, uh, I'm going to be your host for things today. And joining me as always are two of the best in the Supercoach business. Uh, To the left of my podcast monitor, I've got the Bandit, SC Bandit on Twitter. How are you going today, Bandit? Good, thanks, Eddie. Nice to be run and done with uh, round one. We'll uh, have some actual footy to talk about, so looking forward to uh, getting into it. Definitely. And on the right of my podcast dial is the great man himself, Nico, coach of Lovesky FC, one of the goats. How are you going today, Nico? G'day, Eddie. G'day, Bandit. I'm doing very well, thank you. It was great to watch some good footy over the weekend and looking forward to having a good chat with both of you. Fantastic. Well, let's get stuck into it first, right off the bat. Um, let's not beat around the bush. I want to know how both of you went. Bandit, give me the rundown of your, your first week of Supercoach action for 2022. Yeah, a bit of a slow start for me. Unfortunately, I scored 2-1-4-2, which is probably a little bit below par, just looking at uh, some of the other scores that were kicking around from the very top end of things. I saw someone scored 2,600, which is just outrageous in uh, round one, but... Uh, yeah, two one four two for me. Overall ranks about seventy thousand ish, give or take. Um, so yeah, bit of bit of work to be done for me. And how about you, Nico? How do you fare? Yeah, slightly disappointed with my two 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 three. So in the the top twenty nine percent and a, a ranking of forty four six one six, I didn't um, have the the big guys uh, on field. Those one hundred two k rookies that. That blew it up over the weekend, and unfortunately, a couple of my premiums let me down as well. Um, well, I'm pleased to say that out of nowhere, I've come in as the top scorer out of the three of us this round. Um, two, two, four, four for me, um, top 25%, which, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with. I had to do some finagling to, to get the Nick Martin score on ground, which did result in bringing in a non-playing rookie, which uh, I didn't feel great about. I had a few beers Saturday after as I messaged guys and uh, had a bit of liquid courage going on. So I did decide to, to bring in um, Elijah Hollands and play him on field and get Martin's score. So we'll wait and see if that comes around to bite me in the bum at some point. Um, it almost did straight off the bat with Josh Rochelle pumping out that one, two, four. That was, wasn't too good to watch knowing that I'd pretty much burnt a trade um, getting that Nick Martin score off the bench. Did, you, did either of you guys consider making that sort of manoeuvre to get one of those 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 rookie high scores onto your field? 
I didn't have the option as I, I didn't have Martin and I didn't have the E um, either on uh, on Hayes. So, yeah, completely missed out. So probably a good thing I don't have to worry about it, to be honest. Yeah, Bandit, yeah. I think you were, you were in a similar position, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I pulled the trigger on one trade. Uh, I got um, Ned Long into my team. I actually traded Martin out on the Friday night to get Hayes. Oh, no. He was my uh, Hayes was my emergency forward. So uh, I think most people did did similar things. I don't think there's anything wrong with with doing that. Um, I mean, most people correct into a rookie or two over the first few weeks of the season anyway. So. Uh, yeah, obviously I had to burn a trade uh, this week to get Martin back into my team. But, uh, yeah, I think it was probably worth it in the end to, uh, yeah, make sure I got at least one of those 100-plus uh, scores from those those forward rookies. Yeah, I saw a bit of backlash on Twitter from, from some of the experts saying you should never do that and never get the score off your bench for a non-playing rookie. But, yeah, I personally am a big fan of it. Like, you, you're basically giving up points that you, you know are there if you don't do it. And like you say, Bandit, there's always, we're always going to have to correct your trade at some point over the next three weeks. So, um, you may as well do it, in my opinion. Um, I did want to ask you guys straight off the bat who your. I wanted one hero and one villain uh, from your premium ranks. Um, Nick, I'll throw to you first. Who was your? Who was the hero of your week from your premiums? Uh, Captain Tuke Miller with his one thirty-seven. So I was pretty bullish on him having a, a big one against a depleted West Coast, and I uh, definitely delivered on that. So very happy. Um, my villain was Jack Crisp with his sixty-nine. I'll excuse Daniel Rich because he got a bit of a knock with his 70. Um, but, yeah, I was out as well before that Collingwood game started. And literally the last second I looked at my defense, I was like, it's too risky. I need I need to get Chris Spin. And I took Hall out. So um, I wasn't cool. even sure if that, that would go through. So that was like, that's how close it was to the deadline. So um, already 60 points behind um, on that play. So, yeah, very disappointed with that one. That one hurts. And uh, what about you, Bandit? Who was your? Who was the one, the shining light in your team? Uh, my pod, Christian Petrarca, just wound back the clock to uh, about five months ago to the twenty twenty one Grand Final and had almost exactly <laughs> the same game against the Bulldogs: thirty eight touches, two goals, and uh, a whopping Supercoach score of uh, one hundred and sixty three. So uh, that left me feeling pretty good about myself uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, and then that sort of faded as the weekend uh, uh, sort of progressed and my team sort of petered out a bit towards uh, towards the Sunday on the villain side of things. Uh, Jack Crisp's already been taken by you, Nico, so I'll go in defence again. Uh, Luke Ryan let me down a bit on Sunday against the Crows, played a bit more of a lockdown role, which I wasn't sort of expecting. Um, so hopefully he can uh, turn the tables in round two. Yeah, I personally was very, very happy with uh, the Jared Witt's performance, 131 as a bit of a point of difference ruck. Um, that made topped off the weekend really nicely for me, and it's a nice little point of difference. And then, yeah, the villain, unfortunately, unexpectedly, was Jack Steele, who I deliberately chose against taking the McRae vice-captain score and, and went with Steele thinking he would dominate. And that 87, yeah, it hurts. Uh, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. Um, I'm interested to hear, Nico, your... Your rookies, you didn't have. You already said you didn't have the Hayes or Martin scores, or you at least didn't have them on the field. So, who was your your hero out of the rookie ranks? Yeah, my hero was Josh Rochelle. So, I had him at at F six. So, very happy to to see him do really well and score one hundred and eighteen. So, no issues there. Uh, my rookie villain, um, gonna excuse Ward because he had a bit of an ankle issue and he had a thirty six. Uh, but it has to be Owens, doesn't it, with a, a two-supercoach score performance. 
and looking like he's going to be a loophole for us next week before a correctional change come round three. It's a very glass half full mentality to have there, Nico, yep. the old loophole. Um, and Bandit, any, did you have any of, any of the point of difference rookies make it onto your field? Not really. I had uh, I had Durden from the Blues, who I thought played a pretty solid game on Thursday against the Tigers. I think he's um, cemented his job security in that uh, Carlton team for the short term. So he's probably one that you can either play on field or, or on your bench in the forward line. Um, in terms of the heroes, uh, it'd be remiss of me not to mention Nick Dacos. Um, that was a super impressive game um, that he played against the Saints. 27 sure was. touches. Uh, just looks like a natural ball winner. He's going to fit straight in at the level. And uh, he's obviously playing off halfback quite a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get defensive uh, eligibility come round six, which will be very handy. We'll be able to hopefully swing him back into defence. Yeah, I actually, I, watching that game pretty closely, it, it almost was like he, he looked like a premium and that he didn't actually seem to get that much of it, but the score at the end was a 98. So it really makes me positive about his prospects going forward. Like, he could literally be a hold until the last couple of rounds, sort of rookie. Um, I don't think you're going to be losing much on the big dogs by playing him. He, he just fits in so nicely. He's a very, very, very good footballer. Um, now, boys, we've, we've been very lucky. We've managed to pick up a major sponsor for the podcast, which is something that we are very happy about. Um, so the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice, Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, give them a call on 95211611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. So thanks to the boys for coming on board. Now, lads, um, we're going to try a few different ways of, of skinning this cat across the year, but I think the, the first way to get things under, uh, get things started is just going to be go game by game. And I want you guys to – I've assigned you guys each a couple of games, um, and I'm, we just want to hear your observations from a super coach perspective on each game of the round. Now, Bandit, you're going to lead us off. Um, you are watching the D's dogs very closely, especially with your Christian Petrarca point of difference. So, yeah, run us through it. What, what did you see and what did you like? What did you dislike? Yeah, this was a cracking game on, on Wednesday night, uh, sort of what we expected from the two grand finalists from from last year, and they certainly didn't disappoint. Uh, yeah, obviously, Petrarca off the top, he was the, the big story out of the game, 163 super coach points, um, looked super fit, um, covered the ground really well. I don't think he'll probably find as much ball uh, as he did on Thursday. I think teams will probably put a little bit more work into him than what the Dogs did. I think... Um, Stephen May was talking to Aaron Norton during the game and he sort of t- he turned to him and said, aren't you guys going to tag him? And, and Norton said, no, we, we don't tag. So not sure what was going on there, but uh, I think the Dogs will probably need to invest in a tagger if, uh, if uh, they're going to go up against the top teams this year. Um, from a... From a primo point of view, uh, Max Gorn and Clayton Oliver, uh, their scores were probably held down a little bit by free kicks. They gave away 13 free kicks between them, could you believe it? So I don't expect that to happen every week. Uh, I think that'll just be a little blip on the radar. The umpires are probably um, just quite hot on a few things. So that was probably uh, where um, where that really high number came from. Uh, from the dog side of things, uh, Jack McRae and Josh Dunkley were both outstanding. Um, McRae was a pretty popular VC that I saw um, across the competition, so lots of people would have been happy to lock in his one three three from Wednesday night. Uh, and Tim English was another one who um, seemed to be a pretty popular sort of left field selection, and he uh, played very well and scored 123, so well done to those who, who started him. 
Marcus Bontempelli turned up as well, but also tweaked his ankle. So um, he spent quite a bit of time on the bench throughout the game. And the Dogs admitted post-match that he is no certainty to uh, suit up against Carlton uh, this week. So keep an eye on the uh, team news um, through the course of this week just to see how he's tracking from that. He's an, he's an absolute pro, so I've got no doubt that he'll give himself every chance to get up and play. Um, and also just another primo worth mentioning is Christian Salem. He'll probably need to be traded out. He hurt his knee, so he looks like he'll be on the sidelines for a little while. So I saw that he's in 3% of teams at the moment, so those 3% will need to, unfortunately, burn an early season trade on injury, which is pretty unlucky because we hadn't, we didn't really have many injuries to, to come out of the weekend, which is obviously a good thing. But, uh, yeah, if you've got Christian Salem, you'll need to trade him out. Uh, just a couple of other ones. Uh, Ed Richards looked like a pretty uh, reasonable option in defence. Big on Ed Richards. Yeah, I'm very big on Ed Richards. Yeah, he's about two sixty five k, I think, from memory or something like that. So scored seventy five and, and looked pretty good. Um, didn't have a lot of the footy, but um, he's such a good user of the ball. He doesn't need to get a lot of it to to score well. Uh, my only concern with him would be how much ball is he going to get week in, week out with guys like Bailey Dale and, and Caleb Daniel floating around as well. But um, that's a great start for, for owners of, of Richards. So hopefully you can keep it up for those guys. But uh, yeah, they were my notes from uh, the D's and Dogs. Yeah, one other one I wanted to chuck in there was Adam Trelaw, who I was pretty hot on over the preseason. Um, he's just not tackling. Um, and it doesn't look like he wants to, to get in hard, which... Is, is understandable given the injuries he's had, but it is a worry for his coach. He had zero tackles on the weekend, um, which just isn't feasible for a, for a top-line mid. So I wouldn't be surprised if, A, he doesn't score very well going forward, and, B, if he starts to get phased out of the midfield. Um, Nico, was there anything we've missed out of that Dogs-Ds game? No, no, pretty pretty thorough assessment there. Just don't be too worried about uh, Max Gorn either if you've got him at, at R1. He's not going to have nine clangers and go at 57% disposal efficiency every week. So, yeah, don't, don't worry about that round one score. He had a, a poor score last year and, you know, he absolutely dominated from from then on. So kind of expecting that to, to happen again. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, that's going to be a big theme. I think this week is just not panicking, trusting what you've been, what you've been doing over the preseason. Um, I had a pretty good look at Carlton Richmond um, and, yeah, had a few very, very relevant uh, performances out of this. I want to start with Sam Doherty. We mentioned him last week. I don't think anybody really expected he'd be this good right off the bat. Um, he was probably arguably Carlton's best, along with Cripps, 26 disposals, 144 super coach, and, yeah, kicked just a, a, a heartwarming goal, which, uh, yeah, I yeah I loved. I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't have been watching the replays again today. He was in just 2% of teams, so that's going to be a really interesting one going forward. I suspect that'll grow heavily. Paddy Cripps was incredible, 132. Matt Kennedy and Adam Chera, also very good in the midfield. Mid-price defender, George Hewitt, 131. He's one that is going to come into some serious consideration, especially if we get another bad week from the likes of Crisp, Short and uh, Whitfield. Um, and then, yeah, on the Carlton side, of, on the Carlton defensive side of things, Mitch McGovern, who we, um, yeah, we've had a bit of a torrid run with over the preseason. He was brilliant to start with, uh, 70 points. We'll probably take it. Nico... Is yep. he, does he, what do you think about that 70 from McGovern? Was that, is that enough for you or were you hoping for more? Absolutely enough. I think his role was brilliant. He used the ball really well, took his intercept marks, which is what we're looking for. The only real issue was that he copped a bit of a knock and pretty much sat out the whole of the last quarter. So didn't have a possession in the last quarter. So 70 points in three quarters. Let's move on to next week and, and see how he goes. But yeah, looking for him to sort of be almost hitting those 80, 90 points uh, from here on. 
Yeah, agreed. I also really liked the performance of um, Josh Gibkiss. I think he did more than enough to to solidify that role for the for the near future. Anyway, um, he didn't get a heap of it, but when he did, he looked composed. And yeah, he's only going to grow into that. He's coming into quite a difficult role, really. It's that sort of to play that rebounding, sort of intercepting defender as a as an eighteen year old kid is tough. Um, Bandit, have we? Is there anyone else that that caught your eye in the Carlton Richmond game? No, I probably just wanted to give a mention to, to George Hewitt. Uh, well done to, to the owners of him who, who started him in their defence. 28 touches and a goal is uh, more than enough uh, to justify keeping him in your team for a long time to come. I think he scored 133 from memory. So a very impressive start for him. And, um, geez, they had an awesome foursome going there, Carlton. I didn't realise they had, uh, between Kennedy, Chera, Cripps and Hewitt, they had 120 disposals and, uh, what was it, six goals. That is Jesus. an insane output from from a midfield that was almost battling to be competitive last year. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a super start for Carlton. And if you're a Carlton fan, you'd be feeling pretty good about yourself heading into this week, knowing that Sam Walsh probably isn't too far away from coming back either. Great call. Um, Hugo Ralph Smith was the med sub. He got on pretty early. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the way he played. Um, looks a bit uh, confused when he gets the ball. He doesn't really have that that run and drive like he did in the preseason. It's it's a different ball game stepping up to the AFL. So I think he'll get another chance, um, but I would be a bit worried if, if he did own Ralph Smith, who was quite popular over the preseason. Um, Nico, your boys, Collingwood, talk to me. Uh, I can't imagine you could be any more excited after seeing that performance than you are currently. Yeah, wrapped. Um, more so the, the game style as well. It's a lot more attacking and a lot more entertaining, which is brilliant. So we've been you know, notorious for being a bit defensive and, and you know playing down playing down the boundary, but it looks like, you know, we're opening up the corridor a bit more and being a bit more adventurous. So, yeah, happy days. Magpies wire to wire, one by 17 points. Um, wasn't all smooth sailing, though, because the Pies were 35 points up and the Saints came back and, and hit the lead in the last quarter. So it was an entertaining, yeah, free-flowing game and, and no injuries to come out of it, which is which is brilliant. Um, some notes that, that I had um, from the game was um, the reason for the comeback in the third term was single-handedly down to Jack Hayes. Uh, he had a 71-point quarter in the third oh. term, which is outrageous. So thanks to Fantasy Freako wow. for, for tweeting that out. So, yeah, he had 18 disposals, three goals, 10 marks, eight score involvements. And he's probably very unlucky not to get a free kick towards the end of the game as well. So looked like a bit of a, a chopping of the arms and, and a free kick and a shot on goal. So Definitely. it could have been, yeah, look, a hell of a lot more than his, than his 127. He could have been pushing 140 um, if he's yeah. you know, got them back in, in the game and that would have brought him back to within a kick. So, uh, it just makes you wonder what other state league guys are floating around, exactly. doesn't it? Like it? Yeah. He's coming yeah. out of nowhere and looks completely at home. Um, yeah. Sometimes I mean, you just need that window to open, don't you? And exactly. take that opportunity. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, not to be outdone, we've already touched on Nick Dacos. Um, he started a bit shaky, sort of a you know, couple of minutes turnover that led to a goal. But uh, from then on, he, he really turned it on. 27 touches, five marks, four tackles, 98 points. Happy with that. Um, pretty much his floor with this role would probably be about you know 85. Um, so that that's brilliant. The star of the show, Patrick Lipinski. Looks like the Pies mm. have got a bit of a steal here from, from the dogs and, and the Trelaw sort of deal. Maybe isn't as bad as we, we thought it was <laughs> initially. Uh, so 30 disposals from him, 13 contested and a goal, 133 points. Coming off a you know a bit of a, an ankle sort of injury as well. It's a huge game. Uh, Brody Grundy looks solid. He had a 124, and that included seven clangers and 52% disposal efficiency. So... 
plenty of upside uh, for Brody Grundy there, so very happy with him at R2. Uh, for those that took the punter, Ron Marshall, you've done very well matching Grundy with his 124 points. Had 12 contested possessions and 91% time on ground, which is pretty big for, mm. for him. And, you know, it's something that you you would be looking for, um, you know, from him. Um, Jordy Degoe did really well, uh, 111 points, 27 touches, two goals. So he's looking like he's going to be a, an upgrade target in our forward lines. Jack Steele, we've touched on, disappointing, 87 points. He did have 28 touches and seven tackles, though. It was just his nine clangers that really hampered his his super coach score. So his dream team score was really good. Just didn't correlate, um, unfortunately, for the owners, and especially those who who had the C on him. The other one was um, Jade Gresham pumped out of 109. Yeah. Um, from 24 touches and two goals, and he had 16 CBAs, so um, six clearances. So that that's really, really good numbers for him. So maybe Positive, one, isn't it? Yeah, one that I've I think I've missed in the forward line, um, but yeah, couldn't really afford him. Well, I wasn't too sure, so he's definitely a big watch now moving forward. I have and, a question um, for you boys, which I don't know mm. the answer to. Um, Naziah Wanganine Miller plays his first yep. game, counts as a game, gets match payments. He's the med sub. Does, does that zero? <laughs> it should not happen for one. Let's get that straight right off the bat. But does does that zero? Will that count towards his his super coach scores, or does it only yep. count if he comes onto the ground? Yeah, no, not at all. So yeah, it's okay. um, it, it's just as if it doesn't exist. So yeah, Gee, it's a, just a terrible rule. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it is, yeah, one, for the, for the debutants in your anyway. game. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking. Um, I think um, you've touched on all the good points there. We we also discussed um, Mitch Owens as well. Who, yeah, I mean, the positive is he only played fifty percent of game time. The negative is he scored two points. So um, yeah, and if you're an owner of Sorry, if you're an owner of Jack Crisp as well, just just have a look at him next week. And there might be some teething problems moving to the midfield there. And 69 points, but only had 16 touches and five clangers. So a bit more of the ball. Um, maybe next week, just don't trade him out just yet. Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he was definitely around the ball enough. He had 17 centre bounce attendances for the game. So, um, yeah, it might, as you said, it might just be some teething issues, just finding his way through through the midfield there. Now, we're not going to discuss the result of this game, but um, I'm, I was watching... Unfortunately, watching Geelong be Essendon at a pub, um, and I had a very funny experience of a random guy sitting next to me who saw another missed goal from Devin Smith, smashed his beer, um, said, F's sake, and stormed out of the pub at about uh, midway through the second quarter. So that was exactly how I felt watching the game as well. Um, we'll, leave the, we'll leave it at that in terms of the result. Um, we can't start anywhere else but Nick Martin here, who was far and away Essendon's best in his first game, 27 touches, five goals, 114 supercoach. It was the actually the highest ever AFL fantasy score on debut, which is a pretty remarkable achievement. Um, he was fantastic. Kane Baldwin, not so fantastic. Uh, I don't really know what to take out of this game. We looked discombobulated everywhere he moved around the ground, so it's, it's hard to sort of put too much stock into him. Um, I think he will continue to play. Uh, whether he scores any higher than that uh, remains to be seen. I think the other big story for me was Jai Caldwell, who um, I don't know if you have the CBA um, attendance is handy, Bandit, but he did look great around the ground. Um, he ended up in uh, mid-90s super coach, I think. He's only in 15% of teams, so he is a good one to watch. Jake Rid- uh, Jordan Ridley uh, was terrible, uh, just really bad. His role looks not as friendly as it was previously. It's not taking kickouts, uh, not great. Um, but on the cat side of things, Paddy Dangerfield was magnificent. Joel Selwood was great. Um, Tom Hawkins killed us, I think. The one thing that I was not really expecting was Tyson Stengel, who is a 247k forward, had four goals, three, and 123 super coach points. So he's one who we can potentially 
throw into the mix uh, if he keeps this up, which it does seem like a flash in the pan to me, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I think with uh, with Stengel, you, you can't expect him to have seven scoring shots every week. So um, he pretty much just ran around and did what he did what he wanted for most of that game. So I wouldn't expect um, huge numbers from him every week, but certainly a great start. It'll give his cash generation a bit of a kick along. Um, just with some CBA numbers, uh, Pat- Patrick Dangerfield had 28 on the day, so he's playing pretty much as a full-time midfielder, which is great news for those who started him at a bit of a discounted price compared to previous years. And uh, just on Caldwell that you mentioned as well, Eddie, he had 15 for the day from 78% mm-hmm. time on ground. So promising nice. signs there. Very promising. Uh, there were a lot of goals kicked, so, so that might inflate those CBAs a little bit, um, unfortunately. But, yeah, we'll take it. Um, what did we have next on the agenda? GLS uh, Sydney. Oh, sorry. Before we yeah. move on, sorry, Eddie, there's just a couple of injury things come out of that game as well. So Kyle Langford, he's um, done his hammy and he won't be an option for anyone. Um, be surprised if, you know, some people did take him. But um, Sam DeConing was another one that a lot of people would have in their defence. So, um, unfortunately, he's um, he's had a knock and... Um, a head clash, so he had, what, 44% time on ground for his 38, so he looked like he was going all right. Um, he was okay, yeah. I like yeah. the look of him. And Jeremy Cameron um, looks like he's been cleared of any damage, so he should be right to go next week. Um, the DWS Sydney game on Saturday other was, yeah, a very entertaining game of footy as a neutral fan. Um, these teams always play great games. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, but from a super coach perspective, not overly Relevant, Paddy McCartan was probably the highest ownership guy in the game. He was fantastic. Uh, I'm really happy with him as a, as a rookie defender option. Um, he's going to play every week. He scored 70. That feels about what um, he's going to average for most of the season. Um, Angus Sheldrick debuted. He was okay. Don't know if he'll hold his spot. Um, Tom Green for GWS. I mean, Freak. that was that was quite something. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but he, he took this pack mark in the third quarter where he literally flew over every key defender and every key forward in Sydney in GWS's forward line and keep the goal afterwards as well. He, he is something special. I mean, do we have to start looking at him, Bandit? Have, have you have you had a look at him at all? I haven't, but only because of his price. I think he's about 430k or something like that. Just a really sticky price to uh, yeah, start with or, or trade into. So, um, yeah, probably going to miss him, unfortunately. He just looks like a Clayton Oliver 2.0, doesn't he? Just... Exactly. Racks, racks it up, can kick goals, just, yeah, looks like a serious, serious footballer. So, uh, yeah, good good signs for him. Um, and I see the uh, Isaac Handy trap has been set nice and early this year, <laughs> boys. It's uh, 141 on the weekend. So, be interesting to see yeah. what happens with him. Uh, he had 100 round one him. last year as well, Bandit. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how many, how many people jump on the Handy train this week. I think it'll definitely be tempting a few. I mean... If he stays healthy, like there's no reason why you couldn't bring him in later in the later in the season. I wouldn't be pulling the trigger on him just yet, but uh, yeah. yeah, he certainly started on a very very positive note. Um, and in, I'm not sure of the CBA stats, but Tim Taranto and Stephen Canelio looked pretty much as advertised as if they would be splitting that mid and forward time. Um, just as past the eye test, as they were pretty much doing it 50 50. Um, Taranto had 119, Canelio 80. Supercoach. Um, I think we'll both we'll take both of those if you had them. Lockie Whitfield, uh, don't know what was going on there. It just didn't look like he was overly interested, which isn't a great sign, but I'm, I'm happy to give him a pass for that one. Um, and in some pretty average news for, for Braden Pruce owners, I thought Matt Flynn actually looked really good um, and moved around nicely, did some really good things at centre bounces, uh, which does make things a little tricky for Pruce owners because I'm not sure he's the walk-up R1 starter that they're perhaps hoping he is. 
Um, yeah, Nico, did you did you do you have any intel on that or any thoughts on that? Oh, one? I think they came out and said that Matty Flynn was pretty much the the number one anyway, so he's just yeah. gone and, and established that pretty much. So if Bruce is coming in, I think it's going to be um, second fiddle to Flynn at this stage. Yeah, looks likely. Um, you had a close eye on the Port Brisbane game, Nico. I did. I just want to touch on Luke Pal- um, Luke Parker's game um, as well. He scored 167, Indeed. which was outrageous. And he looked like a man-possessed, kicked five goals. It was really, really good to watch. I think at one um, point he kicked five of six GWS goals when they made a little run in the second half. So, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, Lions power. That was a good game. Um, very entertaining and a, and a bit of a, a preview of finals footy. Uh, so, close game all the way throughout. Uh, Power took a 24-point lead uh, into the third quarter before, I think, a little bit of fatigue from Port's end, a um, bit of the, the humidity and, and the weather at, you know, up there in Brisbane sort of got to their legs and um, the Lions, they uh, they roared home for a, a pretty good win. We had a suspension to come out of it, so Mitch Robinson has been offered one week, which is being challenged, which I'm all for because he got him in the collarbone, not in the head. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. And Dane Zorko heard a... A pop, not his Achilles, which is good news. So um, mm. around his sort of calf area, but, you know, at, at his age, you know, you don't want to be talking calf injuries either. So it's, no. that's not great. Um, looks is that like Darcy he, Wilmot? Is that a Darcy Wilmot possibility? Could well be, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For those that, that brought him in as a, as a loop player, you might well be in luck there. Yeah, we'll have to see, obviously, the teams when they come out. Uh, Xavier Dersmer, as I mentioned, he uh, his collarbone um, was broken, so he's going to be out for a little while, I think. Oh, actually, he might have... No, that might have came they, back as, as not yeah, as serious. I that, yeah, I think they're still waiting on it. Although I think he's very yep. sore, but they, yep. yeah, they think it's not any broken bones. Yeah, and Trent McKenzie looked like he completely ruined his knee, but that's that's sort of come back with good news as well, which is brilliant. So watching that, that was a bit, that wasn't nice to see him go down. No. Uh, Rosie and Gray um, both had knocks and low scores um, as a result, but they'll be okay um, moving forward. Uh, one of the stars of the game was Lockie Neal, so. Um, be very surprised that you know that some didn't take him in. Uh, discounted price, Brownlow medalist, premium player, 140 super coach points with 31 touches and 15 contested, seven clearances and six tackles. We'll probably expect Jeez. quite um, sort of similar numbers throughout the year from Lockie Neal with the odd bad game here and there. I'm sure uh, both Brisbane Rucks did really well against Scott Lysett. So Big O, if you went with him, he scored 122 super coach and and fought as a Bit of a cheaper option, scored 93. So it looks like he's made a, a good move from Geelong for a bit more playing time, and, and he's getting that with Brisbane, which is good to see for him. Rich, disappointing with 71. Uh, he copped a bit of a knock and just didn't look his usual self. Barry, a 67. I think he was on 68 at half time. so very disappointing second half. He copped a knock as well, so we'll forgive them both and expect them to bounce back. Travis Boak, uh, the evergreen Travis Boak, just... Went full on beast mode, 149 super coach points, 32 touches, 19 contested, seven clearances, a huge game. Almost willed his team to a win, just didn't get him over the line. Dan Houston was really good as a 467k defender, so he went huge with a 144, looked really good, 36 touches, um, so huge very, numbers. Very, very interested in Houston. I had um, a guy who I know vaguely that works at Port Adelaide that told me that Zach Butters and Dan Houston are the two guys that they think are going to absolutely explode this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Houston. He's got the game um, to score really, really well. So, kicks way more than he does handballs, gets a lot of marks around the ground and hits the scoreboard. 
Uh, you mentioned Zach Butters. He proved well. He'll be he'll be right up there um, in the forwards come the end of the year. So maybe even a top two forward. Mm. So twenty seven touches, thirteen contested, five tackles, eight clearances, a goal. He went at sixty six percent disposal efficiency. So there's room for improvement there as well, which is scary if you're not an owner. So one hundred and fourteen super coach points for him. And Mead was okay if he went for him as a bench option with fifty two. Not brilliant, but okay. Cam Rayner, not good. Um, I yeah, I think we we're all on that on board with that. But uh, yeah, it looked he's in seventeen percent of teams, which is a bit scary because uh, yeah, that that's not going to be a good outcome. I don't think fifty super coach and just didn't really look that great. Yeah, I avoided him um, in the end uh, with his sort of preseason showings. He yeah, it's um. Probably looking at maybe a correctional trade early um, unless he comes out and, and does something really good next week. But, yeah, disappointing if you're a, a Rainer owner. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, Bandit, we're going to fly through the last couple of these. Um, Hawks v. Ruse on Sunday. Talk to me. Probably not one that many neutrals would have would have wrapped their eyes on unless they didn't have some super coach skin in the game. So, yeah, talk to us. What happened? No, probably not. Just one more point on the uh, Brisbane Port game. Um, Alir Alir, it's been revealed today, uh, has syndesmosis in his ankle. So that's going to keep him out for anywhere up to eight weeks. So big loss there for Port Adelaide, but that could potentially open the door for Sam Skinner to get a game over the next month or so and actually look like a pretty safe option. Um, and I think the Nathan Bassett was who spoke to media today from Port. He said Josh Sin is looking like he may come into the team this week as well. Um, Interesting. That they've got so many injuries. So some good news on the rookie front there from Port Adelaide. Um, but, yeah, jumping into Hawks Roos, as you said, probably not one, probably not a game that a lot of neutrals would have tuned into, but it was actually a pretty good game, to be fair. Um, coaches who brought in Aaron Hall for Jake Lloyd would have been pretty wrapped with their decision. He scored 129, so... Great effort from him, albeit he's probably not going to play the Hawks every week. So I think there'll be some attention paid to him from the the top teams. They might opt for a defensive forward or something like that. So um, keep that in mind with him. Um, Jane Sicily turned up, um, slotted seamlessly back into that. Um, Hawthorne lineup had the second most disposals of any Hawk on the day. Um, looks like he'll be a, a really good pickup for those who started him. Uh, Chankawath Jath, CJ, also played a ripping game. He's probably got more variance in his in his super coach scoring compared to Sicily, but um, they're such a dynamic combo. Um, and he's definitely someone that I'd consider grabbing in draft if, if he's on your waiver wires. I'd be mm. making a claim for him AS, ASAP if you can. Uh, Tom Mitchell only had the four touches in the last quarter, which held his score back. He looked like he was on track for 35-plus for potentially and just didn't quite finish the, the game off. So um, maybe they were just protecting him a little bit after um, after he missed that last uh, preseason game. Um, just something to keep an eye on there. Um, from the room, from the kangaroo side of things, Luke McDonald um, looked excellent and could be a really good pod for you. Uh, unfortunately, he's only mid-only at this stage, so you might have to wait for him to become defence eligible um, if you are to pick him up. Uh, Luke Davies-Uniac looks um, primed for a breakout in that midfield with no Cunnington. He played a, a super game. Um, and the three tools are probably a bit of an issue that North need to look at going forward with uh, Goldstein. Cherry and Coleman Jones, they just didn't quite work probably as mm, well they as they would have buy. as well as they would have hoped. Yeah, so so Goldie and Sherry did did the bulk of the ruck work, and Coleman Jones was deployed mostly as a forward alongside Nick Larkey. But I think that's probably just a bit too tall for what they're for what they're working for at the moment. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do look to just play um, potentially Goldie and, and Sherry and 
maybe Sherry plays as a bit more of a forward, um, and Goldie goes back to taking most of the yeah. most of the ruck work like they did um, like they did in twenty twenty one. But just finishing off, uh, Jason Horn Francis looks looks right at home. He's going to be a safe rookie for us to play on field um, in the short to medium term. Um, a, little, a little bit more concerned with the Hawks rookies. Uh, McDonald played seventy three percent of the game. Uh, and Ward only played 62%. Um, Nick, I know you mentioned that he uh, might have tweaked an ankle in that game, so that might be why they were just sort of protecting him on the bench a little bit. Um, but, yeah, obviously with uh, he's had a calf niggle um, before this game and then um, might have just tweaked an ankle as well. So keep an eye on him just to make sure that he's um, being, na- being named in that team next week. They're obviously a fan of him, so I think they'll keep playing him where, where they can, but he's obviously a... Uh, very long-term prospect for the Hawks, so I don't think they'll take any risks with him. Uh, and just to round out, my boy Jai Simkin, 112 Supercoach mm. points. My preseason prediction so far is holding water, which is fantastic to see. He was actually um, a real standout for the Roos in the midfield. I think he attended the most centre bounces of any North Melbourne player. So, uh, yeah, could be primed for a big season. He had 23 centre bounce attendances and played 91% of the game. So wow. that's um, that's a that's a big performance for uh, for a midfielder. So, uh, yeah, keep he, an eye on If him. he cleans up his ball use bandit, he only went at 58% as well. So he can definitely yeah. score. Yeah, more. absolutely. Um, yeah, he's been guilty of pushing the one. footy a little bit. One other one that looked good from a Hawthorne perspective was Finn McGuinness. Um, had 63 points. He's only in 11% of teams. He's a 143k mid. Um, so if the Josh Warden, if you do get a bit of cold feet on Warden McDonald, there is another option sitting right there. And McGuinness was probably the best of the three um, on the weekend, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, there are some interesting times at North. I don't know how they keep going with that three ruck setup. It's it's uh, it's ludicrous, to be honest. I don't think they can do it. Um, I'll be surprised if they go in next week with all three. Tom and Jones is probably on the chopping board. Yeah, he only had one kick, so yeah, yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, um, Bandit, you also you got the rub of the green this week. You also had to sit through Crow's Frio. How was that? Yeah, to be fair, this was actually a ripping game as well. I've, I've it was managed really to luck out on this on the Sunday games. I know, <laughs> I know, probably all four of these teams will probably be at the wrong end of the ladder this year, but they actually all played pretty pretty entertaining games. If you're a neutral and you tuned into into any of them, uh, you would have been pretty happy with uh, with what you saw. But uh, yeah, firstly, it was a um, yeah. The, the clear story was was Josh Rochelle. Um mm. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get very, very close to the rising star. And I don't know, Nick Martin obviously kicked five as well, but if I was uh, handing out the nominations, I'd be giving it to Rochelle this week. For, I agree. Yeah, for his five I, goals. I he, he kicked four of uh, three of the last four goals for the Crows, um, basically single-handedly kept them, kept them in it when they looked gone. So um, I'd be giving him a rising star nomination. Uh, he's obviously very safe to play on your super coach field. Um, he won't kick five goals every week, but he's going to put himself in positions to, to win the footy forward of centre and as a result kick goals. So he looks like a pretty safe option for us. Um, from the Freo side of things, uh, Andrew Brayshaw was great uh, with five out. He really led that midfield, um, scored, I'm just looking at it here, 127 super coach points. So big tick for Brayshaw owners if you started him as a bit of a pod. Uh, Will Brody found plenty of the footy as an inside mid. The worry was his time on ground. He was the only docker to play less than 70% of the game. So that, for me, is a bit of a concern. He attended 16 centre bounces, um, but he could be in strife when when Fife's available. Um, I think he spent a lot of the the last quarter on the bench. Um, So that, to me, maybe suggests that if he's... Like if he's fully fit, then it suggests to me that his tank's not quite big enough to run out a full game. So that's a bit of a worry for me um, going forward. Um, but you know the the point scoring capacities is there, so hopefully he can uh, he can stay in the team. Um, Heath Chapman was was good with eighty down back. 
uh, did some really important things late, which boosted his score a bit. He had the game-saving uh, spoil on, on Adelaide's goal line and also uh, had the last kick of the game, which actually hit a target, uh, rebounding from 50. So be interesting to actually see the points break down from that because I think he would have maybe got um, 10 or 20 points just from that final that final passage of play there. Um, Luke Ryan, as I mentioned earlier on, didn't see much of the footy and only scored 70. Um, I'm giving him another week. Um, in 2020, he scored 52 in round one and then averaged 107 for the rest of the year. So I wouldn't be writing him off just yet. Um, so owners of Ryan, just give him one more week, see how he goes um, against St Kilda on Sunday. Uh, from the Crow side of things, Matt Crouch and Ben Keys were both awesome for Adelaide with Rory Laird obviously missing with that, with that busted hand. Uh, they took most of the points with Sloan and also Jordan Dawson, who put up 98 on debut for the Crows. So if you... Brought in Dawson for Jake Lloyd at late notice. That's a pretty good, a pretty good outcome. I think uh, Dawson will. Um, um, he's obviously got to share a bit more, a bit more of the midfield minutes um, with with the Crows with Matt Crouch and Keys and and Laird when he comes back. But um, ninety eight certainly a, a solid start for um, someone who's around that five hundred and fifty k mark in. Yeah. He must have had a big second half because I reckon he was pretty low when I, when I saw the scores. So um, good to see him. Um, you know, put put up some. Some big second half points, and maybe take that into the next game. Wayne yeah, Miller, he's pretty um, solid. No good. Wayne Miller, a thirty-nine super coach. He was a little popular option at the end there as well, with being named on the Friday. Um, yeah, wouldn't be too happy with that. No, they actually they actually had to throw him forward in the second half because he just couldn't get near it in the first. So, uh, yeah, if I've if I've got Miller in my team, I'm probably hitting the trade button this week. I don't think I'm waiting for the for the second week. I think um, yeah, the role that we saw from him and just the performance overall was um, a bit scary to be honest. So I'd be um, hitting the trade button on him and just to round out. Uh, Mitch Hinge scored 50 and was pretty solid as well throughout most of the game. I think he'll hold his spot in the short term with obviously Rory Laird um, being out on the sidelines. Um, he just had a few mistakes with ball in hand, so that probably held his score a little bit back. He could have maybe scored another sort of 10, 15 points. Um, but, yeah, 50 is, is not a bad start. And uh, if you can stay uh, fit and healthy, hopefully he stays in the team for the next uh, month or so and uh, makes some cash for us. He copped a bit of a corky as well to his legs, so that might have um, affected him a little bit as well. Indeed. Now, last game of the round, Nico, West Coast, Gold Coast. Um, your boy, Took Miller, absolutely tore it up. Tell me about it. They saved my week. It was the Took and the Rail show. It was uh, it was brilliant to watch. So I, re- I thought West Coast played out of their skin, to be honest. So the first three quarters of the game, they were right in it. Um, it was just a little bit of uh, fitness and conditioning, I think, to the, to the Suns um, that really sort of um, stood out in the last quarter. So they uh, went eight goals to two to, to take the vic- victory, their, their first one. Um, over there in WA as well. So no injuries or suspensions to come out of it, which is great. Um, just maybe an eye on Rioli's hit to Rao that could be looked at by the MRP. Um, wasn't even a free kick, which is outrageous, but uh, um, he left the ground. Madness, that um, was. Intention to bump, got him high. So, yeah. Anywho, we move on. Um, <laughs> so Matty Rao, he is back. So 157 super coach points, which is huge. A career high, 33 touches. 22 contested possessions, nine clearances, six tackles, and he had six frees, four, which is a, a crazy stat, uh, which we wouldn't expecting that um, to happen too often. Took Miller is an absolute beast, 137 super coach points, 29 touches, 18 contested, eight clearances, five tackles, a goal. I reckon he'll be the number one mid come the end of the year. Jared Witts, um, Eddie, as you know, was was great, 131 Fantastic. super coach points, 28 hitouts, kicked a goal. Went at 60% as well, disposal efficiency. So, 
there's even room for improvement. Like he's gone ten years without averaging a hundred, and he's he's hitting one thirties, which is which is crazy. <laughs> uh, and coming off a, an ACL, um, I'm absolutely Lockie stoked. Good wits, it's fantastic to watch. Brilliant. Lockie Weller seems a, a bit of a trap if he went down that way. Unfortunately, he had a fifty. Uh, maybe keep an eye on Jermaine Jones from West Coast. He had 105. He's a 299k forward. And Luke Foley had a 98, who's a 244k defender. So maybe see how they go next week. Um, if they um, are on the bubble with with a low break even and it suits your team structure, that might be a, a way to go because it looks like they'll get games. Really cool to see Baraskic goal as well. His first career goal in his 100th game. So all the boys got around him. That was a good moment. Nash, slightly disappointing with a 63. If you took him on at the, the higher the higher price, went at 55% efficiency, which hurt his score. Nick Nat, unfortunately, if you had him, he had a bit of a back and a hip complaint and sort of struggled with his movement around the ground, and he only had a 63 with 29 hitouts. So very disappointing if you have him, but I wouldn't be doing anything outrageous like trading him once again. Just hold on, see what happens next week. There's no need to move right now. Uh, Hugh Dixon and Brady Hoff were... Okay, and, and hopefully they've done enough to get more games, both in the 40s there. Pretty yeah, much rounds it um, off. That does indeed. Um, anything from you, Bandit, on the, those last couple of games? The only one that stood out for me was Alex Davies, who's a 202k mid, 86 super coach. Um, he looked magnificent. He's in just 1% of teams. Bit yeah, he got scaled up to, to a 90 as well. Yeah, um, his ball use was, a, was a bit low in the 50% as well, so he could improve, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, nothing else really from me. Just probably worth noting that West Coast will bring back in uh, Jack Darling, Tim Kelly, Liam Ryan, and Alex Witherden next week. So I'd be on red alert for West Coast rookies, to be honest, because I reckon that they'll just chop four rookies straight out of that team that they had on the weekend and bring those four back in. So that'll be a much-needed boost for West Coast because, yeah, they look pretty threadbare on the weekend. Well, sneak preview, boys. They're going to show up in my top sport um, pun of the week in a second. Now, if you like a punt out there, check out topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business, where the odds actually add up, and we're going to be previewing all of their markets throughout the season. Use the code SCPLAYBOOK if you're linking up an account so that they know we sent you. It helps out the podcast. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Um, Now, boys, uh, we didn't go so flash last week. Nico, you were the only one to get a winner. You were on the Gold Coast win, paying $2.13. Very nice from you. Um, I'll start us off this week. I was just talking about the West Coast, and I like their odds this week to... uh, to get the job done. They are outsiders, um, and I personally think that they are very good value. I'm just checking who they're against again. They're against the Kangaroos. They're $2 outsiders against the Kangaroos. So I'll be having a little piece of that. And I'm also going to have Hawthorne plus 27.5 against a pretty depleted Port Adelaide outfit. So that little multi will get you into $3.80. So I'm going to have my 10 units on that one. Bandit, where are you off to? Yeah, tough week last week with the Tigers and Saints both uh, letting me down. It's always tough to line teams up on form heading into round one, so I'm hoping we can do a little bit better this week. I'm going to go with uh, another sort of four-leg multi um, across the round, so I'm going to take Brisbane to beat Essendon. Essendon looked uh, all at sea uh, on the weekend, so I think the lines will uh, count for them pretty easily under the roof at uh, Marvel. Uh, I think Paul will get the job done over Hawthorne. Um, Oh, going directly against me. Yeah, well, you've taken Hawthorne at the line, so there's a little bit of room to move there. Some regal uh, room. So, yeah, I, I think Port at home um, should be too strong for Hawthorne, who uh, historically haven't travelled too well over the last couple of years. Uh, Melbourne should beat the Gold Coast, even though the Gold Coast had a, had a great win against the Eagles on, on Sunday. 
Uh, and I think Freo will make it two on the bounce with a win over St Kilda, who, to be honest, just look like they lack um, the very top-end talent to um, really challenge the the top teams. It could be a long year for Saints fans, unfortunately. So uh, that'll get about that'll get you about three dollars thirty uh, in the early markets on Top Sports. I'm happy to uh, take that multi and hopefully win some of the uh, ten units back that I burnt uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Bandit. Nico, what have you got? Yeah, so my ten units are going to be on a on a double. So I've got. Geelong, I like them uh, to win against the Swans away from home. I think I think it's going to be a good game. I just think Geelong's form um, coming out of the first round look, looked red hot. So I'm going to tip an away win there. And I also am going to go with Port to cover the line. So against the Hawks, um, the 27.5 line. Oh, I, uh, I like Port. So two-leg multi at uh, $4.02. Beautiful. I absolutely love it, boys. I've got them recorded in the spreadsheet. We'll see how we go with that next week. Now, um, I want to know what you guys are planning this week. Are you doing any trades at all, Nico? Um, and who, who's on the chopping block if you were to do one? Yep, so absolutely not trading. Um, dead against it, uh, unless you've got a long-term injury and there really wasn't any um, to come out of the round. So um, I think it's it's silly to, to trade in round two. Um, so the only thing that I'll be doing is, is keeping a close eye on Crisp and his role um, and see how he's, how he's going in round two. Um, I want to see significant improvement there. Otherwise, he'll be a sideways. Uh, and the other one might be uh, Ward as well. So keep a close eye on him. Hopefully his body's right and he's getting some ball. Otherwise, I might be flicking Brody or Rochelle into the mids and then bringing in Martin from, from the Bombers. Beautiful. Bandit, any any trades for you or are you on the same same wavelength as Nico there? Uh, I don't think there's any harm in going early on those must-have rookies. Um, so obviously I, I punted Nick Martin out of my team on Friday night to get Hazer score. So I'm probably going to have to bring him back in either this week or next. Uh, it's probably looking more like this week, to be honest, because I might have some issues to to deal with uh, <laughs> next week if I've got a few underperforming players. But uh, yeah, trade that's... Trade boost, Bandit. Good. Yeah, well, my team, my team might need all three of those trades next week rather than uh, bring in a rookie. So, uh, yeah, Nick Martin will probably come back in for me. Um, and then, yeah, as, as Nico said, a watch on Jack Crisp. Um, hopefully he turns, uh, turns the tables this week. Luke Ryan's a bit of a watch for me. And Jared Berry also as well. I, I was going to mention in the uh, Gold Coast, West Coast review, I was just watching those super coach scores in, in horror as Took Miller and Matt Rial made me look like an absolute <laughs> fool. Um, for not for not starting them in my team, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm about six thousand dollars short of going. Um, uh, who was it? I was going Martin and Raul back in for Berry and uh, Owens. So I was about six grand short of that this week, which is a bit a bit annoying. So I'll have to uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully Berry pumps out a big game against the Bombers. I'm okay um, with with bringing in a must have rookie Bandit, but. There's still an injury risk. They you could trade him in, and they get injured in round two, and then you're stuck with them. So something to consider. It's it's kind of a, a 50-50 call for sure. Um, and captains wise, will you guys be going anything different? Nico, you are locked in the Took Miller perma captain train. I'm assuming you'll be there again. Choo choo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'll have McRae here as vice captain with uh, with Owens as my as my loop if he uh, if he goes large. So I think um, he probably has the potential to. Um, Go, go big against Carlton. They, they give away some points from, to the mids. So, um, yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet, those two. Bandit, the non-took owner of the bunch, what are you going to go? 
Yeah, I'm going to have to look elsewhere, unfortunately, which is a bit frustrating. But, uh, yeah, McRae is the, is the obvious VC uh, first game of the round on, on Thursday night. So he's locked in for the uh, the blue armband. And, uh, yeah, we've got some got some nice options in the middle of the round for um, the captaincy. So I'm probably going to go with one of Neil or Petrarca against uh, the Suns. I think those two guys should have big games. So they look like pretty safe options for the captain armband this week. Agreed. Now, there's obviously a lot to play out during this week and a lot of trades and captains to discuss. Uh, if you want to get in on us discussing it, the only place you can do that is in our WhatsApp channel. And if you want to get in the WhatsApp channel, you need to sign up to SC Playbook for our premium content. $30 for the entire AFL season or $40 gets you the full package covering AFL, NRL and BBL. It gets you access to stacks of extra articles every week of the season um, and more importantly, access to our to our WhatsApp group, where which is ab- absolutely popping off at the moment. Um, lots of great discussion. Uh, it's been great. So if you want to get involved in that, check out the SC Playbook website uh, for instructions on how to get involved. Now, every Sunday night, we put out a little um, bat signal to get in a few questions for the pod. Um, we've got a few come in through today. First one is from Corey Blackledge. He wants to know what to do with his under, underperforming defender premiums. And it's also going to be tough to get in all the good rookies like Durden, Martin, and Finn McGuinness. Um, I'm going to throw that to you, Nico. Firstly, I think we know what you think your thoughts are on trading the defensive primos. I think that's a pretty strong hold. Um, yeah. And what do you think about what do you think about the rookie side of things? Sure. So, yeah, big fan of of doing nothing and just giving these guys another chance. So they're premiums for a reason. We we've picked them in our starting lineups for a reason. So give them another chance. And the other big thing to, to factor in is that this poor score is only going to be there in, in one cycle of their scores. So, um, you know, quite quickly, this this poor round one score is going to be out of their, their price cycle. So if they go back to, you know, 100, 110 scoring uh, capacity, which is, you know, what we expect, um, it's really just a, a drop in the ocean. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as we know. Um, so looking at... Um, the only the only exception to the rule is if there's massive rule changes. I'm oh, sorry, role changes. So or an injury. So if say with Crisp, he's looking lost in the middle again. He's probably a trade out option. Um, going to the the rookies uh, question there, Corey. Um, I don't know if Durden is um, someone who you have to be bringing in. Um, Martin, yes, um, but Durden scored a seventy and McGinnis scored a sixty. So. I wouldn't be moving heaven and earth just to get those players in. They could be in and out of the team. Durden's already had a few knocks um, this preseason, so he could get another calf knock and miss a game here and there. So, yeah, I'll just be staying firm. Martin, absolutely get him in, but wait for round three um, and just hold firm with your defenders. You're um, you're not the only one where there's quite a lot of us in in that same boat. Indeed. Um, We've got one come through from Rex on Twitter. COVID protocols, how many days isolation from when testing positive? How many from time of contact with a COVID positive person? Important to know when deciding to keep or trade a player in this situation. I think that's a great question, Rex. Um, And I'm very interested to know the answer. Bandit, have you got anything for us? I do. So I want to preface this by saying that I'm absolutely not a medical (laughs) professional. And if you test positive for COVID, you should go and do your own research and speak to your own doctor about what you need to do. So don't take this as gospel. This is based on five minutes of research this, this afternoon about what the what the protocols are for each state. But I'll, I'll try and summarise it as best I can. So pretty much across Australia at the moment, it's basically a seven-day isolation period from when you test positive. Um, it is a minimum of seven days, but it can be longer if your symptoms are still around. So 
Um, most people get out within the seven days, but you know, if you do become unwell um, and your symptoms stick around for longer than that, then you have to stay in isolation until um, until your symptoms are completely gone, and then you can be um, yeah, you can be released. I guess um, the 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 complicated bit becomes when you're a close contact of someone who's positive. So, for example, if a player's partner tests positive, then they may have to isolate together, um, even if the player's negative. So, um, yeah, mm. that means another seven-day isolation period potentially. Um, but that seven-day isolation period also resets if that player tests positive in that first seven days. So if they're together for three days isolating and then the player tests positive on day three, then their isolation period resets to zero and they have to do another seven days. So Correct. Yep. that's something to keep in mind. Um, I think the reality is with COVID, you know, we're all going to cop a COVID out at some point in the season um, and you've just got to treat it like any other injury. Like there's no, there's obviously no guaranteed time frame for COVID-related um, omissions. Generally, it's going to be a week, but it could be longer. Um, so I'd pretty much equate it to, you know, someone who's going to miss with concussion. They may just miss a week, but depending on the person, they could miss more than that. So, um, yeah, I think it's just really important to have playing rookies on your bench um, just so if you do cop a laid out, you've obviously covered them with a uh, with a playing player and you're not having to, to burn a trade to um, sideways them to, to someone to um, cover that out. Very good, Bandit. That is exactly what I wanted to know, and I'm sure that'll help Rex out immex- uh, immensely. Um, we've already touched on him a little bit, but Matthew, Broomer23 on Twitter, wants Nico to tell him his thoughts on LDU. Is this a chance he reaches gun status? So obviously referring to Luke Davies, Uniaki there. Yeah, it absolutely is. He's got the right profile for, um, for a breakout. So it's his fifth year. He's been averaging slightly higher every year. So it's what we like to see when we're doing, you know, our preseason sort of analysis. And as Bandit touched on earlier, Cunnington out gives him lots of CBAs, lots of time in the middle, um, and he can just be, you know, doing his thing. So he's looking good. Um, awkward price point again, four sixty two. If he, you know, gets injured or it doesn't work out after a huge round one score, you sort of, you know, it, it's hard to sort of pivot away from. So just keep that in mind, but. If you're a North fan and you love watching him, by all means, pick him. You know, have some fun with the game. It's he. He's definitely. You know, he could definitely match it. But you've got other people um, around that sort of price point, like Bailey Smith and Cripps, who you know probably have a bit more runs on the board. And as a safer Super Coach player myself, I'd probably sort of lean towards them instead of trying to you know identify a, a breakout before it sort of happens. Yeah, I'm with he's you there. He's a great draft option, though. I'd Absolutely. be on him if you want to. If you want to grab him for your bench in draft, I'd be making that waiver claim today. <laughs> um, and final question from uh, Joel at same font on Twitter, Bennett. I'm going to throw this your way. Thoughts on the new trade update and some strategies slash scenarios. Now, I'm assuming he's referring to the trade boost here, um, and you mentioned it just before as a potential usage uh, prior to round three. Um, is that one of the viable situations you can see that trade boost being used? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like the trade boost. I think that extra trade feature will allow us to correct uh, our teams as much as possible early on rather than being forced to make a decision between a couple of rookies um, with just with just two trades a week. That option is available to, um, yeah, you know, grab a Nick Martin this week and then use three trades to, to fix up other options, other um, issues in your team. Uh, before round three next week. Um, I think the tried and tested strategy of not trading too much in the early rounds, if you can help it, still applies to the 
the vast majority of, of coaches, especially with, with COVID impacts this season. You're going to need to to pull a late trade or two at some stage probably. So um, I'd be preserving those those trades as much as possible and only correcting um, into rookies this week if you need to. But as Nico said, if you can um, if you can avoid doing that, um, you know that's that's probably the way you should go. Um, you know, if you need to trade in a, a rail or um, or trade out an underperforming gun like Chris prior to round three, then then you can look at it next week. But um, yeah, I think the big thing to remember on the trade front is is one week is not a big enough sample size to make a call. Um, one way or the other. So, uh, yeah, just sit tight, chill out, um, block out all the noise that you see on Twitter or um, with your mates about, you know, oh, this player didn't go very well. Um, it could could uh, average 60 for you this year. Um, block out all that noise. It's only one week. Um, next week's a new week. Um, and, yeah, you can make some some better some better judgment calls with, with two games under your belt rather than one. Yeah, I just want to um, – have you guys had a, a play around with that trade assist button? Um, at all, that's I have not thrown out some interesting um, scenarios. I think it's telling people to to trade out Gorn for um, for Hayes and this kind of thing, and giving people like five hundred k left over. And I, I had a look at it. I had a look at it this morning, and it told me to trade out Jack Steele for Matt Rail. Yeah. Oh, which, I, which, well, which is not the worst, telling, to be honest. It's telling me, it's telling me, Chris for Hewitt. So I'm actually, yeah, not, yeah, I'm, I got I'm that not, one. I quite, I yeah. quite like that. Do it. Thank you, Mister uh, Trade Assist. I got that one and, and the ball one to, um, yeah, down as well to to Martin. So, but yeah, if you click on the optimize button as well, it'll tell you to to Captain Jack Hayes too. So if you're a very much, <laughs> if you're a very much a casual player, you could be in trouble this week. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Well, boys, we'll keep in touch throughout the week. Um, our WhatsApp group's humming, so um, if you can to get on board in there, we'll, we'll have you in board uh, very freely. So get on the SC Playbook website. Plenty of good content coming out. Um, Bandit and Nico, thanks very much for your time this afternoon, boys. Really appreciate it. We'll speak to you no again worries. this time next week. Thanks, Eddie. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 